Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. We're here to look at the disappointing Southampton result on Friday as well as preview the City game tomorrow. Um, what is arguably maybe one of our biggest games in the last couple of decades at the club. So really excited and nervous at the same time for this fixture, perhaps more so because of the three draws in the last few weeks and successive drop points with only three out of nine on offer. How are you feeling today, Clayton? Are you um, Have you recovered from Friday? I, I was pretty distraught with you there in that stadium. <clears throat> yeah, Friday I was gutted, deflated, down, depressed, everything. But I watched Fever Pitch last night and my mood has changed. <laughs> so I've got an annoying thing in me that is still not giving up, feel weirdly confident's the wrong word. I just It would not surprise me if we go there tomorrow and do something special. Is this all based on illogical, irrational feelings? Possibly. I have no idea. There's no logic in me right now. Um, and is it blind faith? Possibly. But I don't know. There's something in me that's just not given up. And there's something in me that actually thinks we could go there and do something. And I don't think it's over yet, despite me on Friday proclaiming it's over. Um, maybe I'm naive. No, I, I think I tend to agree. Um, obviously, the whole world and their mum thinks that City are going to slap us tomorrow, but I have a bit more faith in that. Um, I have a feeling we might surprise a few people. The other times we faced them this season, I think we did quite well. And even though we lost 3-1 at home, I think it was a couple of individual errors in the second half. Up until then, we were pretty good. So I'm still maybe blindly optimistic, as you say. I don't know if it's just hope, but I don't think that they're just going to come and beat us. I don't think it's that easy. So no. I do think we'll put up a fight and I'm sure we'll talk you know about what, it more in the preview. You know what it is with Arsenal? It's like whenever we're down and out and like everyone thinks we're done, we just, we, we do do this. We just come out with like this mental result. And like last year, top four race, we went to Stamford Bridge. Everyone, including myself, oh, not going to get anything. Bang. Went and won there. Obviously, 89, like I know I joked about fever pitch, but like if you look at 89, how we did that, we dropped points in games we shouldn't have. Went and I don't know, neither of us were alive, but obviously we've all like kind of gone back and watched all of the stuff and been told about it from the older generations and stuff. And I think the FA Cup final, uh, like when uh Mertesacker came in, hadn't played at all. He came in and absolutely bossed it in 2017. Like I just there's something about this club when we're up against the ropes, we do come out swinging. Like I genuinely believe that. And yeah, I don't know. Like Obviously, we have to kind of touch on Southampton, so let's do that. But I'm looking forward to getting into the City game because I I don't think we're a write-off. I really don't. And like, I, I think it's normal to feel uh, down, nervous, like a bit not, yeah, not confident about things. But there's just something in me that is so illogical that I just can't quite explain, but I I feel like we may surprise people. Famous last words, but yeah, let's let's get Southampton over with and let's. Oh, move we'll on. talk about Southampton first because that's definitely one we need to discuss. Um, so we've put up for the podcast listeners the uh, data from Mark our stats on Twitter, and um, so we start with the cumulative expected goals. So we have Arsenal at two point seven eight to one point three for Southampton, expected threat of three point zero six for Arsenal to zero point eight three for Southampton. Possession 74% for Arsenal to 26% for Southampton, 88% field tilt to 11% field tilt, um, and defensive action height 57 to 34. Obviously, the game ended 3 3. It started pretty horrendously, you know, like less than a minute in with Ramsdale basically trying to pass the ball out and 
just they nicked the ball and scored. So that that, that was a bit devastating. Um, and it just felt a bit like, why does this keep happening to us recently? Like, what yeah. what is it that's causing us to make these kind of lapses of judgment at these key moments at the beginning of games? You know, we, we I think we had it in one of the fixtures. Was it Bournemouth? They scored within yeah. like a minute as Literally well. It was 10, 10 seconds, Bournemouth. 10 and seconds, then I think yeah. it was... Was it Leeds where they had they didn't score but they had a chance? They had that chance right so. at the beginning, exactly. That's what I mean. So they didn't score, but they still had that chance. And Ramsdale just about saved that. So, you know, you would expect that with the number of goals we've been scoring, especially in a game like this, with what the data shows, that you can't not be winning these kind of games. So I don't think you can kind of fault us for our lack of attack. It's more where are these goals coming from? So I think the Second goal was quite nice from Southampton, but the first and third goal, I just felt like they were just sloppy from us, both of them. And we were just like, I don't know what we were playing at, basically. And did you notice, obviously, Walcott scored um, typical Fio Walcott goal, but I could see he wasn't he wasn't looking he to celebrate. Bit, he looked a bit gutted, didn't lie. Did, didn't he? Um, did you, is it just me? Um, see, I thought, I've not said this to anyone else because I thought it was just me and I thought I was being like, nuts about it but I was listening to Ars blog and they said a similar thing so maybe it wasn't just me who felt this way but there were a few moments when he had the ball and it looked like he could really hurt us and I kind of feel and like he kind, he kind of, of made it mistakes like he fucked up the play in a way and I, I almost wonder if he like subconsciously didn't want to fuck us up like it, it, honestly I'm not joking I felt like he was just fucking up a little bit like it's almost like he felt bad I don't know that's that's embarrassing for us man so in the game, I didn't notice that, but I've seen a few people saying that. Um, yeah, I don't. I'd be surprised, but considering he literally went and scored. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think that the first goal just changed the whole complexion of the game, right? And I think for me, my annoyance was more okay. We're one. What put it like this? And I think I can't remember if I said. Obviously, we were sat like a couple of seats apart from each other, but yeah. Excuse me, I can't remember if I said it to you or my friend Andrew who was sat next to me, like. The first goal goes in, fine, like, okay, that's crap. Like, it's very crap, but it's Southampton, they're bottom of the league. I didn't think we needed to then go and go completely erratic, like, we need to score straight away. Like, I just thought that goal has happened in, what was it, 30 seconds? You still got yeah, 90 27 minutes of seconds, yeah. I think you still got 90 minutes of football to score two goals. Are we good enough to create and score two goals at home to Southampton and win this game 2-1? Yes. So what I didn't get was I felt like the goal went in and it, uh, part of it was the crowd, like the nerves, the tension. Like you could see the players, they're like a bit stunned. It's like, it's chill. Okay, it's not chill, but it's chill. Relax. It's happened. Reset. Just pretend the game started again. That, that, I, I felt like we were, pl- we were playing like there was only like, we were playing like it was left. the last minute of the game. Yeah. Like from, from the very the first... beginning, it felt like that's how we were playing. That. Like that for me dictated the rest of the game, the way we then went and approached it. And like, we just went so gung-ho and erratic so quickly. And I just thought if we just played our patient game, take this thing out of it, control it, put them, like pin them in, which we did do, but we were doing it in an aggressive way. Like, I think we've shot ourselves in the foot, in my opinion, with how we did it. And I think a lot of that is psychological because they've got the last two results in their head. I'd, I'd firmly believe that. Yeah. I think if the last two results hadn't happened, they don't go and affect that game state the way they did against Southampton. I think they'd be like, chill, all right, let's just keep the ball. We'll score two goals, probably more. 
Um, and that's for me what was the most disappointing thing. And I think as a result of it, that's why I look at like their second goal, like the amount of space they had to pick out the pass. Like for me, that's the result of us. We just went for it so early. We were so aggressive, yeah. Yeah, we, we were not being we were not being pragmatic. Like obviously, the first goal as you say it was a bit of an error, and it was an attempted pass out from the back to Ramsdale. Yeah, he didn't what spot was he doing, though? Like, my yeah, God. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, now, obviously, at this point, like, thankfully, Martinelli provided us some hope, right? Um, and just before we went into half time, I think it was. Did he score? Was it right before half time? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was two one, right? But then they went back and dubbed, but they went back to three one up in sixty fifth minute. So that's where they went and got another opportunity. So Coletta Carr, I couldn't believe that. Obviously, at half time, we saw they shifted to a back five as well, two one up, and change their system and it was just like they weren't really going forward much in that second half but that one time they did go forward for fuck's sake it was the set piece yeah yeah it was a set piece um so i think it was ward Prowse swung over a corner uh flicked on by bella Kotchap and collector car just headed the ball past ramsdale um, yeah now i think what really hurt me right was there was a few golden chances that fell to jesus and yeah looking at it i kind of think when it was 2-1, had he scored to make that 2-2, I think we'd go on to win that game. But Agreed. he didn't convert it. They then went on to get the third goal. We it's then fine margins, isn't it? Looked panicking. Like, for the last 15 minutes, I was like, why weren't we playing like this at the beginning? Like, yeah. we seemed way more composed at the end than we were for the yeah. first, like, 60, 70 minutes. We looked quite scared. And I think I was convinced we were going to lose when it was getting towards 90 minutes. So when Odegaard come in and put on the captain performance, took the game by the scruff of the neck, got us that second goal just to bring us back in, suddenly it felt like we had hope. And only a couple of minutes later, I think it was, when Saka got his goal as well. So yeah. suddenly it felt like we could come back from 3-1 down in the 88th minute. So we almost could have taken a 4-3 here. But we don't deserve it on the day because you can't concede three goals at home like that and expect to win a game. You just can't, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when... I remember it was three all and the board came up saying eight minutes added time. And I was convinced we'd go and get the fourth at that point. And then obviously Trossard hit the bar. Um, yeah, we had a couple chances and like Nelson's one trickle past the post. And then there was like <clears throat> a bit of stoppage, which just completely halted any momentum. And that's when I thought it's gone. But I just think it's one of those things where you play that game a hundred times and you roll the dice and we win that probably 95 out of a hundred and it's just it's that yeah. first mistake. And that's the thing. It's frustrating because, in my opinion, that first mistake completely changed the whole game. And it was self-inflicted. Like, it wasn't... Like, Southampton were good. And I actually thought their structure and pressing was quite impressive, actually. But They're a very good at pressing team, aren't they? They, they? they won't change the way they play. And I think Seller yeah. said before the match that he was going to continue to play like that. And he wasn't necessarily looking to just park the bus. But I, I just feel like, overall, this game... It made a lot of people feel like it's over, as you say. So I think for a lot of people, they kind of concluded it's I did. over. Like, yeah. I was one of them. Like I'll be honest. And I, yeah, I mean, you saw me in the stadium. I was heartbroken. Like I, I genuinely you were like rude sank. to the spot. Like you weren't ready to yeah. go home. You were just like there, right? Like just I felt just yeah. What to do with yourself? Like no, like but in that, like, I'm gonna be on. Like my moods changed a lot. But like in yeah. that moment, I thought it was done. Like yeah, that's it. And I think it's because of everything I've been saying about. I think we'll drop points somewhere else as well. We've lost that buffer room, but my mind's not my mind. My mood has changed today. And like, we'll talk about that when we speak about City. But 
that Southampton game, that's two points at home to the bottom of the league, whatever way you look at it. That's well, it's the first time in uh, Premier League history that the team that started the day bottom of the table scored three goals against the team at the top of the table. It's yeah. never happened before. It's just like, like I think for me, our, we were talking about our home form from a clean sheet point of view. We've only kept three, I think, in, um, was it 15 or 16 home games? Three yeah, clean sheets. Good. It's not good. I think and we're like the third or second or third worst team for goals conceded at home or something. That's what I was going to say. So I had a look at that earlier today, actually. And at the moment, we are, that is alarming, only Fulham, Bournemouth, Leeds and Southampton have conceded more goals at home than us. Yeah. Fulham, and you Bournemouth, think how... Leeds and Southampton. And I'd love to see the stat on how many of them are individual mistakes. Because it's not like we're... So I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> since Saliba's gone, we are looking a bit open. But I was going to say, we don't typically get cut through that easily. I feel like yeah. post-World Cup, we're looking a little bit more susceptible in transitions and stuff. But there's so many of them feel like individual errors. And that's what's I so think that's the 20, most frustrating. So that's 21 thing. goals. So that's 21 yeah. goals conceded at home. Only those four teams have conceded more. And then away from home, we're, we're, joint we're a joke. first with fucking City. 13 goals yeah. conceded away from home, joint top with City. So God knows what is going on with us here. Um, it's just really disappointing. Um, but I'm, I still believe, um, I think Arsenal's the only fan base in the world that can make being topped by five points feel like we've lost the league already. I understand no, City have games in hand. Like, I get that. Yeah. But I think people are like, yeah, I understand City have hit a great moment and momentum and run of form at the <clears> right <throat> time. But they have 10 games in May. Like, yeah, and two of them are point, yeah, Exactly. At, at some point, some, and one of them is a cup final the week after the season ends. True. There's like midweek cup games. So there's midweek Premier League games. They got away Brentford, away Brighton as the last two games on a midweek and the Sunday the 28th. They played Chelsea before that, Madrid either side, like... There are opportunities here for them to sort of points. If they go and win every single game, then fair enough. That means they've won like 14 games in a row since that winning run started. So what can you do there? They deserve that. You could, if you can't, you know, if you're going to win 14 games in a row, fair enough. They themselves the have only ever done that once, I think, in these five yeah. years, like a run like that. I guess the only thing I'd say on the flip side of that is I do think it's fine for Arsenal fans to feel like... It's done like, okay, we're five points clear and they've got two games in hand. But you look at our fixtures too, and our fixtures are tough. I think it would be different if it's like we had the only like the bottom eight teams to play or something. Yeah. Like, I think that's what I, that if if and I think it's, I was in that mindset on Friday myself. So if any Arsenal fan says to me it's over, I will sympathize with them. Like, and I'll, I'm not going to try to change their mind. Like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. I think there's a difference between admitting it's over and stopping supporting the team. If you're stopping supporting the team, fuck off. Like that's it. There's a difference. Like, I think it, you can admit you can admit and feel it's over, but you still get behind this bloody team every single game that's left. Like, nah, I think that's the main thing. The so I had people me. messaging me when we were three one down, or even when we were two 0 down, saying they were going to leave and stuff, and they weren't going to stay in the stadium. And I was like, We saw what? it in it. We saw it in yeah. the stadium. These that's fucking I mean. assholes that would leave. I was like, Fuck off, man. It's yeah. a Friday night. It's not even like like this was a Friday night fixture. Like this is the one time when. I don't sympathise. If you've got to leave and two minutes makes the difference of like a two-hour extra journey to get out to wherever you live, fair enough. But on a Friday night, after the season the boys have given us and given us a reason to believe again and something to support again after all this time, playing some of the best football we've played in decades, 
and mm-hmm. to just give up on them and not support them and to like be with them and give them that energy to keep going um i just thought that was brutal um that people were willing to give up on them so quickly and concede defeat yeah. in the league that easily um i think what upsets me most is that we lost Saliba and Tomiyasu both in the same game and i know that depth that we lost for a cup we're no longer in it's just it's devastating man i think that's what hurts me the most just knowing that in a normal scenario Tomiyasu he's like a swiss army knife he could have filled in a right back white yeah. could have gone in at right center back things could have just carried on as they were probably like to a certain level and that that, that really hurts I and mean, obviously not having Xhaka last week, uh, the stuff around Smith going oh, not getting any minutes, even when we need goals. Like, it's just, it's fun- oh man, there's, there's few things that are it's funny how- about the squad. Yeah, same. And it's funny how, like, we all, in, myself included, talk about this, like, the Xhaka upgrade. And, like, it's still an area I think can be upgraded, but it's also funny how, like, every time he's out, we really notice it and miss him big time. <laughs> yeah. um, like, really badly. Um and but this is my my point always comes back to the squad right and like I will die on the hill on I was right to be pissed off about the midfield reinforcements in January I will die on that hill like I could see it back then and like it's so evident now we wanted it last Virginia summer we wanted it enough. this January like exactly oh God, we want that, two I think there were too many summer. people trying to there were too many people trying to like make peace with it because it's like, oh, you have to be uh, grateful where we are. It's like, yeah, I am grateful where we are, but we can absolutely, if we got the midfielder in, we could have cemented stuff. Um, and yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of work to do in the squad to go and because we're, we're set for the future, right? Like, don't get me wrong, whether we win the league or not, we've built a team that's capable of putting 85 points on the board minimum consistently, in my opinion, and more. Um, and I think we will do well in Europe. We'll surprise with you. But that is so dependent on beefing out the squad so that we've got first team players everywhere, like even on the bench. Like right now, we really don't. And like you're seeing Vieira come in struggle. Like you're seeing the drop off in someone like Rob Holding, who I, I, I hold my hands up. I was far too comfortable having him around because he's a great guy. And I think he's fine against the likes of Leeds and Palace. But I need to stop thinking that way. Like we need to be ruthless and kind of get to that next stage now and lift that level overall in the squad mm-hmm. um you can have you can't have nice guys around like that that's where we have to get to um i think yeah, what's I think really disappointed concern. me is not just that but it's so if you look at this season especially the, the kind of the drop off in the last few games it's shocking that the players that i've thought would carry us in these games the more experienced internationals the pros the leaders they're arguably the ones who haven't. And actually, it's the kids in Saka and Martinelli. Yeah. They're the ones doing the business. Um, and Saliba was until he was injured too. So, you know, when you look at Saka and Martinelli, the reason I bring them up is because I want to, I guess, shine a glimmer of hope into the future, which is that... Martinelli Mar- was unreal, weren't he? That's what I mean. He was unplayable. He was my player of the game. Um, he's been great Same. for a while. He got his 15th Premier League goal. Um, but basically, the reason I bring them up is that Saka and Martinelli now, so Saka with 24 goal involvements in the league, and Martinelli with 20 goal involvements in the league, are only the second pair of teammates who are aged 21 and under to both record 20 goal involvements in a season after Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney in 2006-2007. Not bad company, is it? Yeah, imagine. So what, that's like nearly 20 years ago when CR7 and Wayne Rooney were both under 21 and they both got 20 goal contributions? These two, because Saka Martinelli, protect them, sign them up, keep them for fucking ever. Let them retire, and I, I believe they will bring us trophies. They will bring us UCL 
for the first time, they will bring us the Premier League again. I I, I th- believe that. Honestly, I, I texted my friend last year saying Arteta's going to win us the league or the Champions League in the next three years. And like I think you mentioned it last week about Willian's thing, right? Like I, I'm yeah. convinced. Like Okay, there's so much variation and variance in whether you go on and win things. But we will be consistently challenging. I've got no doubt in my mind. And it's just, yeah. obviously, it'll be bloody nice if we do it this year. <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, cool. I'm going to just quickly say hi to some of the guys in the chat and respond yeah, to some I've... of the comments. My we'll go to the passing network in the meantime. To, to be fair, I, d- I don't know about you. I feel like we don't need to dissect. Let's just go for this City game. Yeah. yeah, I think that game killed us. I'm, I'm, yeah, let's let's just. I think let's just. We we've already said Vieira was lackluster. I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd been subbed at half time. He survived an extra ten minutes or so. Nothing I was crazy. surprised he came on in the second half. He was. Yeah, let's yeah. let's not go there. <laughs> Jesus, obviously, that was not a day to write home about after being in great goal scoring form the last few games, but. Really expected um, just one of them to go in from him this time. And overall, the team was just not great, meh. really. Yeah. Yeah. It was very meh. Um, we will yeah. talk more it's about probably worth using. Yeah, I guess it's probably worth using that previous graphic to see what we oh, think. Oh, for what we think, be, right? yeah. So you would hope Xhaka would um, still be fit. But before we do that, let's just quickly shout out these guys. So Mike Halpin, yeah. afternoon. Oh. Thank you for tuning in. Nice one, he mate. loves your shirt. <laughs> the the, the Wiltord at Old Trafford shirt. We've got Terence Shalom. Good to see you, buddy. Um, he says that it would have been better to lose to Liverpool and beat West Ham and Southampton. Um, yeah. Two games in a row we've been leading. I shouted, hold on, Arsenal. We can still get a draw. Uh, 14 games in a row, 4-0. I think that's in reference to if City go on to win all of them. We have Holding as the last of Wenger signings. Yep, Holdini. If he costs 50 million... Do you remember that quote? If he costs 50 million, yeah. you'd be praising him. Uh, he costs 2 million, though. But... Um, and Dream Team Professor, afternoon, buddy. Good to see you. Hello, mate. So we just wrapped up the Southampton chat. So we're going to leave that behind. Ignore the score ratings. We're just using the lineup slide to predict what we think the lineup might look like. So do you think that in the biggest game of a few decades, we try to go in with a new system? Like having not practiced it in any of the prior games no. leading into this. And No, you don't think so? There was talks of... Um, Party dropping into the defence, uh, Jorginho coming in into the midfield. There was another alternative I read, which was using Saka and Martinelli as wing-backs in a back five. Apparently, we've been you know, trying a back three in training. I, I think that's a load of bollocks, to be honest. Um, I think people are confusing what they want with yeah. what they think we'll do. I think there's a big difference. There's a huge difference between what we want to do and you just if you just see the evidence of what Arteta's done, he doesn't go and make drastic changes. I think he's just going to... Obviously, look, the elephant in the room, Rob Holding, right? Like, And the effect that has on the people around him. I just think he's going to try tweak things around that. And I think the system's going to stay the same. I think the only thing he may end up tweaking the system is because if Xhaka's not back, and I think what he'll do is I think he'll kind of go for like a Jorginho in there and kind of... I try not to go formations with us because we know we don't play in formations. We play in like roles and areas of the pitch but I can see him getting the skill sets in there of the party Jorginho and Odegaard and try and make that work and it probably won't be like two eights and a six it will probably be more of like a double pivot and Odegaard as like a flu- fluid 10. That's something but... I was wondering like have we considered a double pivot to just like shore up shop a bit if we're conceding so much? I, I If if Xhaka's out... I'd rather so do if, that if... yeah I'd rather do a double pivot with Jorginho and party if Xhaka's out than Try Basically, if and all these random ass formations, 
Yeah, if Xhaka's fit, I think we're going to play the same way we play. Same system. I think he's going to go for it and he's going to go there to win. He's going to go there to win the game. And I think he'll try rotate Gabriel's and Holding's roles a little bit. So like what we saw when Holding first came into the team, he's front foot, aggressive, that's it. Like he doesn't need to do too much. Just play play your, your, your daft football. <laughs> go in, stick to Haaland, clamp him, get the ball, pop it. That's it. Gabriel will sweep, take all the pressure off. Um, and I think that's what he'll do if Xhaka's fit. I guess what, Xhaka's so my question fit. is, what happens if we get in at half-time and Holding's on the yellow card? What do we do then? Who do we I don't know. You can't. Do you can't change? really think about that, right? Like you could. You can oh, say that have any a yellow game card. About, like he's, he's going to have a yellow card. So let's just say I. Assume I don't know. Like you, you don't know that. Like what? You we'll don't come know back that. in like, the review can't... of this game. He will have a yellow no, no, card. Like, I promise you. No, but like, that's that's completely There's no way holding isn't getting a card in this game. But that's not. You can't. You can't plan and preview games like that because otherwise, like you could just say. But that as in, I'm anyone. saying we're going to have to change this, and we don't have anyone to bring on if we do. So it's more that worry. Normally in the past, we, there was someone we would bring on, but are we going to bring on Kivio, a second left-footed centre-back to play in the position he's not played for us against City in the biggest game of our season? So my, my fear here I just is, think you'd... what do we do? Like, is there, I guess it's more of a hypothetical. I'm not saying it will happen. But, but that's what, like, I don't know why you yeah. would do hypotheticals, personally. Like, you just kind of, you go in... Because it's just play showing the game where we're at, right? So as in, I'm saying showing where we're of at course, with Tommy yeah. Yasu and Saliba out we're suddenly like down to the bare bones again. Like we're in a scenario yeah. where in an ideal world, if we were in this game and even if it was Saliba and Gabriel playing, if one of them had a yellow, you could see a world in which Tommy Asu might come on to shut up shop and the guy with the yellow goes off. But we just don't have that luxury right now. And that's what scares me, I think. I guess that's what I'm trying no, to of course. get to. Yeah. That scares like, me. That's, yeah. Of course, but that's the reality of where we're at, right? And you just, you have to deal with that. If holding's on a yellow at mm-hmm. halftime, we deal with that, but like you can't go into a game trying to forwardly predict that that's going to happen, sort of thing. In my personal, but opinion. I guess I guess my theory is like, would they not train? So, as in, surely we wouldn't stay in that same back four and just put Kivior in. So something oh, would have to so, change. Oh yeah. So it's like, what would it be? We would do, but that's what I mean. So like, I don't know what it would be, but would it be maybe like this whole idea of party goes to right back, White moves to the centre back? Oh, like, is that the most likely thing, or like they'll have plans? For, like, they'll have plans A, B, C, like for every yeah. game though. Like we saw it against Palace, where like party went to right back for a bit. Like that, it's not just for this. Like they they will be planning for certain. Yeah. Like they do this in. This is this their normal preparation for each game. They'll have different game states yeah. that they prepare for, and they'll have systems that they roll out tweaks. Like it's not specifically because Rob yeah, Holding we'll be may be a liability right now. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll be prepared because <laughs> I mean, like in a normal scenario, you'd have a setting for like if one of your centre backs gets injured. Obviously, you don't expect them to, but if they did, you would have to change something. Normally, you just bring on another centre back. Currently, we don't have that luxury. It feels like, um, yeah. which is a bit de- uh, de- depressing. I guess the reason I brought up all the system changes, and I'm really keen to talk about it, is because what's worked well for us this season is attacking. And even in these last three games, which have been quite disappointing, we have been scoring a lot of goals. And you said it, like if you play these games out a hundred times, you shouldn't be losing those games. So it's our defense that's let us down. So this concept that I've read online of let's play a back three with Martinelli and Saka as wingbacks. I feel like you nullify the best part of what's been good about Arsenal this season to try and defend against City rather than just yeah. go in and play our game. So yeah. I agree with you. I think if Jack is fit, and hopefully he is, we will just play our game, our system, we go with it. And the only difference is that Holden plays instead of Saliba and we just see what happens. So the next question is, does Trossard start? Because a lot of well, people okay. are pushing that's for what that. I was, that's what I was going to ask you. So if Jack is not fit, 
what do you think he'll do? Do you think he'll go like obviously Trossard came in in that left eight role? I thought he did all right. Uh, I thought he did better he did than okay. Vieira. Um, I thought he did okay. Um, I would rather he started there than we didn't play Jesus at all. I think for me personally, there's something about Jesus and Zinchenko playing City and wanting to yeah. almost like there's just something there, right? Like they want to prove that it was a mistake of City's to like not stick with them kind of thing. Like there's almost like yeah. that level of you want to prove your old club. It, it's like an ex, right? You want to make her feel jealous, like you're with a new shiny toy. So I'm hoping Jesus and Zinchenko, they do both start because they're the players and teams that they're the ones who can take us the whole way, I think. But they need to keep their head because we saw Zinchenko got a bit frustrated last time. Remember all his old City friends were like teasing him at the end of the match and shit. Yeah. He's a very emotional bloke, isn't he? I'm not going to lie. It's, it's something I'm not the... <laughs> I like the passion, but like, oh, mm, I think I'll get pelted for this. But ba- basic, okay, I'm going to say it, right? Because I said this to my friend pre-match. Basically, you know the Angel song that we play pre-kickoff? Like, I saw yeah. Zinchenko, like, going around singing it and stuff. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Just concentrate on the game. Like, and I, I'm putting it out there. I don't know why it pissed me off seeing that. Um, I'm going to get pelted for that. I get it's who he is, but I was just a bit like, fucking concentrate on the game. Like, I don't know. Like the the song is for us to sing, not the players. Like get your head down yeah. and fucking concentrate. Um, so I'm just having a look, yeah, by the way. That's so my weekly a... yeah, dad opinion. <laughs> so so Terence asked which teams have beat City this season. How did they do it? Um, I'm just having a look. So Brentford, I remember August, beat them. Yeah. So August 21st, Man City drew three three at Newcastle Stadium. Um, they drew one one away at Aston Villa. They. Everton, Brentford. They lost 1-0 away at Liverpool. Um, they lost 2-1 at home to Brentford. Yep, 2-1 at home to Brentford. They drew 1-1 at home with Everton. So this is what I mean. So they lost at home to Brentford. They drew at home to Everton. So some of these fixtures that we're kind of being, beating up the team about, you know, they got knocked out 2-0 in the cup against Southampton. They lost 2-1 at Old Trafford. Um, anything else here that we can say? Tottenham beat them at Tottenham Stadium 1-0. They drew at Forest 1-1. The only so thing I'd say now... Yeah, sorry, go on. The, uh, the, only thing I, the only thing I'd throw out that is like now... That, that was when Pep was doing some weird shit <laughs> with the team. Like, they were chopping and changing a lot. And I feel like the last two, three months, they've fallen into this system where it's just they're it a well oiled machine and they're suddenly, just, yeah that they're, they're they're not what's the word they can be beat like we can go there and win i'm telling people that like we can do it we're, what i'm trying to not say like i think they're center backs right so they are slow they're not very mobile they're playing a defense which is basically they're playing four center backs uh, yeah. aki their best 1v1 defender who's been in incredible form this season is hopefully yeah. is not he out? make it yeah, it sounds like he's out. Right. I don't think he'll make it. And if he doesn't, Laporte's been out of favour all season and played like one game in the entire Prem. One match. Yeah. I think that Saka can go and violate him. I think Martin can go and violate these guys. Um, I genuinely believe our team has this. And I know it's hard to be optimistic, Terence. I know it's hard to be positive. Um, but I just think that what Mike says is a really solid point, which since Saliba's gone out, our goal difference is the same. We've conceded more, but we've scored more. So we've gone from 2.1 to 3.1 goals. Um so I guess where I'm looking at this is that we have, let's say, with Saliba out the team and with some of these issues we've had recently, uh, with Party missing some games and Chenko missing some games, 
we've maybe gone from a team that was set on pace for like 93, 94 point season to maybe an 85 point season. In most previous years, that would win you a fucking league title. And that's why I was saying I found the meltdown insane because this is a team that no one even predicted to be in a battle. Here we are going toe-to-toe till the end with the most defining game tomorrow. And whatever happens tomorrow, whatever happens at the end of the season, I will not lose the positivity of what we're building to go for next year and the year after. And I'm just excited by buying those players in the summer, getting the two CMs, getting a fullback, getting a winger. You know, like, adding that depth and quality and uh, ceiling raises, as you called them before, and going into different places like the UCL after all these years and seeing what we're made of against the best in Europe. So I'm honestly really excited. Um, I just think that we are going against a team that if they do win this league title, that's what I was going to say, they will probably end up getting a treble if they win this league title, and they will then also go down as maybe the best Premier League team of all time. That's who we're going to toe with in the first year of trying. Yeah. So I just think, and I think this is it's tough for us to manage those expectations that we've been topped the whole way through. It's made us feel like we didn't want to believe, we wanted to wait till the end. And then as it finally started to get closer, we started to maybe believe a bit. And I think that's what's hurting people, that they spent so long trying not to believe and they didn't want to be top because it gave them hope. It's like we don't like being chased and looking behind our shoulder, but this is what it's like. This is what tower challenges are like. And you have to go to your rival yeah. stadium and you have to fucking beat them. It's squad depth, though, right? It's the similar trends to last year. Like We didn't miss out top four last year because we bottled it. We missed out because of injuries and the depth that let us down. And even this year, I don't think we're going to, if we don't win the league, I don't think it's going to be a bottle job. I think Southampton, in my opinion, was a bottle job. I think we completely shat the bed. But the overall context of everything, I think it's... It's depth. Like, we don't have an adequate replacement to step in for Saliba. We don't have a, another left eight that can come in and slot in, do a job. We don't have another top centre forward. We don't have another... Okay, Trossard's great, but like we could do with another top wide forward. If you look at City's squad and look at ours, we're trying to win the league with a team. They're, they're trying to win it with a bloody squad. And that's the We've difference. got a fantastic like, just... 11. I think that's what I would say. So yeah. we have got a great 11. Like, our 11 is fantastic. But an 11 doesn't get you through a 38-game championship. You need everyone to pitch in. Just something I want to add before we go to, like, score predictions on just the game and stuff. Like, if you look at the teams we've recently dropped points again, like Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, like, there's trends in those teams. They're very powerful, fast, counter-attacking transition teams, right? City are more controlled. And I think that suits us more. I think where the game is a chess match and there's a level of control, that brings out the best in us. I actually believe that. And that's what I do think what you said about some of their weaknesses. I absolutely believe we can exploit that. And I think as look, this is my biggest thing I always talk about. And it feels like it's become so prevalent with Arsenal. If the game turns into a basketball game, I'm nervous. Keep it as a chess game. I'm relaxed. Like if there's a level of control in the game that the opposition also brings, I think that benefits us so much more. So it's like if City were this like a hundred miles an hour chaotic team, I'd be absolutely shitting my pants. But not that I'm not. I just where the game is there, where there's a game where there's a level of control and we are phenomenal under control. You're going to have Zinchenko and Party tucked in next to each other, hopefully. Uh, Odegaard, and then popping it off to the wingers. Like you said, exploiting their weaknesses. I, we can definitely get joy there. We, we absolutely I'm, I'm can. Just, I'm just 
Yeah, I'm just looking at Aki because um, I'm seeing if there's any new quotes about him. So on April 21st, which was four days ago, it says he's not ready for tomorrow. So that was the cup game. Yeah. I don't know the damage. This morning or this afternoon, they will make the final test to know exactly what he has. Potential return is flagged as no return date. Condition is flagged as currently being assessed. Status is ruled out. So this is on premierinjuries.com. And now yeah. I'm looking to see if there's any new pressers from Pep. I don't know if there is a presser today at some point. I think Arteta's already done his. Okay. I don't know if you've seen anything from it, but I'm sure someone no, mentioned nothing. Arteta had done his presser. So I wonder if Pep has also now done his presser. And we'll... There's a guy, Comb Hayes, FPL News or something. I'm just checking if he's tweeted out any news from either Arteta about Xhaka or from... Um... Yeah, so Arteta or Xhaka availability. Granite has been out. Hopefully, he will be able to train today, but he's still a doubt. On the other team news, the rest are okay. Um, and he says, Arteta on Saliba injury. I'll leave that to the doctors to explain it. We are preparing for this Man City game without him. And the next game, Chelsea, obviously, it will also probably come too soon as well. Um, I think his season's done. But... It sounds like it. Um, but Granite Xhaka, he's hoping he will train today. And that will be his yeah. first training to then start tomorrow. So that's touch so let's, and go. Um, that's worrying. So if um, say if he's not fit, let's actually make a prediction. What's what's your predicted yeah. team if Xhaka's not fit? I think Trossard for me where Vieira was and then the rest of this 11 that we have right now on screen. So I think he's going to bring Jorginho in and tweak the mm-hmm. midfield a little bit. Go that's for what that I think he'll end up. Maybe. Yeah, I think he'll do that. I'm just looking for Ake injury. Any, let's see if there's any news from my... Um, oh, shit. What does this say? Oh, no. Why do I hear the words boost in this article, bro? Man City get injury boost ahead of Arsenal with Aki update expected. But what's the boost? I think it's just a clickbait article on Football London. Um, yeah, let's not do that while we've got people watching live. <laughs> yeah, no, so... I think they're saying so. Okay, Nathan Aki, right hamstring injury. Timeline depends on this. That's Great the thing. He did his. He literally did his hammy. Like, how can he be back? I will, I remember watching that game against Bayern. Like, oh, yeah. Hopefully he's out. I think he's gonna. I think this game will come too soon. Um, but yeah, overall though, it's um, hopefully he's not in because he is. I think the best defender for them on form this season. He's been fantastic and. I think we could definitely do without him being in there. So in terms of um, score predictions, yeah, what are we so we've got some in the live chat. We've got Terence going for two 0 Arsenal, inshallah. So don't know about the clean sheet, but we do keep more of them away from home, right? We've only conceded thirteen goals away from home this season, right? Joint yeah. tied with City. Um, so let's see score predictions. These are the last what thirty five matches against City. They've won 20, we've drawn six, we've won nine. I need to the stop including three. these. Like, they're literally so pointless. <laughs> Southampton won the bad as well because we barely beat Southampton either. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know why I've started including these because I'm of the mindset like anything outside of this season is irrelevant, personally. But um, yeah, they, I've got two predictions one is my head, one is my heart. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know which one. Well. Let's like... do both. Let's do both. Okay. What's your head saying? Um... <laughs> so everyone on the timeline is saying 3-1 Man City. Um, 
my head is saying Holland against Holding. Last three results. My head is saying two two. Interesting. Okay. Okay, my head saying. I think we've got to not lose, basically. So, and I think the players know that we lose in this. Okay, so what? So what's your heart saying? My heart is saying statement victory, and me standing on the roof screaming till my voice goes out, and fucking sending shots at everyone who's been cussing Arsenal for the last week, calling us (laughs) bottlers. If we win, don't speak too soon because we'll go fucking. Yeah, yeah, then we've got other games to go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll hold it into the end of the season bus parade if we win. But um, so wait, no, what, I think what was my the heart score? would be my heart is like looking like in, I'm talking wild shit. Like I'm talking like scoring four goals at the Etihad levels, wow. like four one kind of levels. That's what my heart Bruh. is craving for. Like doesn't seem realistic, okay. though, does it? No, well, so my <laughs> my head is saying two one City. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, but just they may have too much for us. But my heart is similar to you, like statement victory. And uh, there's this weird narrative my heart's conjured up where like we shut off the space and like we press Haaland as a group and it's not just holding versus Haaland. And I've got these all these weird little scenarios and we we get some joy on the break. Like we nullify them with the like we're packing out the middle. Leave. Yeah, I don't know. I've got these weird narratives going on in my head, but like, yeah, in my heart, my my head two one City, my heart two one Arsenal, and I don't know. They say trust your gut, right? So fuck it. <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna be blindly optimistic until tomorrow shoots a dagger through my heart and my title hope challenge. But um, for for now, I guess one thing I would say that we can take maybe some optimism from is when we last played with Holding against them, and I think it was in the cup game where we got knocked out. I'm pretty sure that like they were pressing holding quite high up the pitch and at the halfway line. And like when he had to get involved in build-up play, they just kept losing the ball and he kept making shit passes. So my theory is that we need to go and capitalize on the weakness we saw there because the guy is a robot. He's not human. He's a machine. He's an incredible goal scorer. But there's only one element of his game you could even slightly constructively criticize is He's not as involved in the build-up play as maybe yeah. he could be, but maybe he doesn't need to be because he bags every fucking shot he gets. He needs four t- touches, four goals. But if you make all his touches happen in the halfway line and we exactly. press aggressively the whole game, there's something in it for us, I think. And that's what I think we're going to do. That's what we did, right? We went man-to-man and like we shocked them. And yeah, Arteta's not a fucking idiot, right? Like He'll come up with something. It's not, it's not going to be this walk in the park that every neutral thinks it's going to be. We're going to give them a game and we're going to more than hold our own. I'm confident. I think we're going to be more up for it than we were the, the last two fixtures against Southampton and West Ham. I think the players have their entire pride on the line here. You remember, so going to Liverpool, we all thought if we just play the game, not the occasion, but like, and we had that half hour spell, it was like, wow. West Ham, there were periods like, wow. There's been other big games. Tottenham away. It's like it's like each time this team reminds you, I've got a feeling there'll be periods in this game tomorrow where they remind us why we're top of the table, why we've been top of the table the whole season, pretty much. And okay, like we're up against it without someone like Saliba, but Brentford went there and got something. And I know it was a different City team back then, but like Everton just, went there and got look, something. You know, like, look. we are top of the table for a reason. One player, albeit like a top class player, being out should not be enough to make us shit the bed so much. Like, let's go there. Just get behind this team. And I'm like, they, 
they will remind us in large periods tomorrow why we are where we are. I'm very confident in that. The outcome, who knows? But there will be periods where we like, holy shit, we're good. Very confident in that. I think uh, Martinelli is going to have a lot of fun. This is, I keep saying for the last few games that these are his kind of games, but I just think he's matured so well this season. And he's now two goals away from becoming the highest all-time Brazilian goal scorer in Premier League history in a single season. So two games. So get uh, that so match goal, son. Exactly. Two goals, four games. Might as well get all two of the goals tomorrow, right? Now, why not? Just bag them both. Get the record over and done with and then go and win us the fucking title. Come on, Martinelli, bro. All right, so a couple of questions in the chat and then we'll get out of here. So um, yeah. Dream Team Professor asks, do you think there is a chance that Pep overthinks it against us or do you expect their usual lineup yes. minus Aki? I think there's absolutely you... a chance. Absolutely a chance he could overthink something, yeah. I don't know what, so, but yeah. So his suggestion is maybe he potentially brings in Walker to try and deal with Martinelli's pace. That could be like part of the yeah. overthinking. That'll be interesting to see what he does because obviously John Stones, John, John, John Stones has been unreal recently in like both yeah. that right back and centre back role where he goes into midfield and stuff. That, um, yeah. So I could see Walker coming back in to deal with Martinelli though. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he was overthinking earlier in the season when the team wasn't quite settled, but. The form they're in at the moment, I, I can't imagine much overthinking happening. Um, what do you think their mindset is going into this? So we're saying like we kind of need to win, probably would take a draw. Well, they're acting like they're underdogs, as... right? So they're acting like underdogs. They're coming out with quotes about how we're like, you know, we get to focus on one game a week and we've had time to prepare. And, you know, they're playing I've in seen, all these yeah. competitions and how there's some poor little team that's really struggling to get by. And you know, they've been chasing us all season and we're incredible. We're the best team in the country. They're coming out of all the mind games, right? They've been doing it for weeks, but it's ramped up now, especially. Um, I, I think it depends who plays, but like, for instance, you got Foden's been kind of getting bedded back in a bit from his injury minutes-wise. Morris has been in great form, got the hat-trick obviously in the cup, but I don't know if he'll start in the league. you got Alvarez there waiting like to get into a lineup. So the question is, what happens in our right-wing spot, I think? Because that right wing spot is where, you know, normally Zinchenko is vacant, but there isn't a left back, right? So I guess my thinking is, does he stick with Mares? Does he bring Foden straight back in? Like, I think that's going to be the tactical. That's where he's going to overthink it. So I'm hoping he does some dumb shit like he's done before where he'll be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to drop KDB and play Alvarez and I'm going to play a front two or something. Like, I just want him to do something really wild, but I don't think he's going to do that. That's what I'm hoping, yeah. something wild. Like drop KDB, you're fucking like... Number one guy who scored the most goals against Arsenal that he has to any other club in his career. Yeah, just bench him. Tactical decision, tactical decision. Overthinks it and it's like, just leaves Haaland on the bench. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, I'll start with, uh, you know, Mares, Foden and Alvarez from free and Haaland super sub or something dumb like that. Who knows? But yeah, I think that's just, that's blind optimism. That's more blind yeah. optimism than my hope of us beating them. Cool. So I think we'll get us out of here. We've It's been a good lunchtime. Um, Obviously, I think we're both still pretty disappointed about Friday, but we're just trying to give the full support tomorrow. Um, don't give up just yet. We've still got six games to go to the finish line. Anything can happen. And these kind of moments, one point could be what wins it all. And suddenly we look at that point we got back against Southampton or against West Ham or the point we held on to against Liverpool. And suddenly those points might be looked at in a very different way with rose tinted glasses looking back on the season because if we do go on to win by one point we sure as shit won't be looking at those games as bad anymore will we so i think there's a lot of context that's still yet to unravel 
and we'll only really know the outcome at the end of the year. But yeah, well up said, the Arsenal yeah, for get tomorrow. Get behind this team. Get behind the boys. They've done everything so far this season to make us excited again and proud to support this club. And let's just not let's not give up so easily. Let, let's stay behind them. Let's be that 12th man, as we always say. And thank you, everyone, who's in the chat. Let's repeat 89. Up the fucking Come Arsenal. On, let's Come fucking on. do it. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners, and bring home the fucking trophies. All right. <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs>